Praise God. All right. Well, I wanted to get into the Word, just a, a short message to kind of cap off what we've been hearing tonight in preparation to, uh, to lay hands on anyone that wants hands laid upon them. I know I've been talking about you believe in God, uh, you know, uh, with the Word. But let me just bring this message uh, tonight. It's a short one. And, uh, and then we'll pray. We've got our young people. I've got children in the service. We're glad you're in here tonight. Amen. Thank you. All right. You got your Bible? Just, you don't have to stand back up. Just wave them around. Make Jesus glad. Devil mad. Live stream on us. We're going to be praying over your needs in a little bit. Hang with us on the word. Let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, this is God's love letter to me. Every word is written to my heart. And I believe what you've said to me in your word. I take it to my heart. I tend to it. I speak it. And I believe it. And therefore, the door of the supernatural is opening unto me. All infirmity has to go from my body. All pain, all uh, past history of, of medical histories have to change. I adopt the medical history of Jesus after the resurrection. And that's my history in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 16, very familiar verses to most of us. I have a hanky out of the, or even a Kleenex would be fine. That's what happens when I start crying. I love y'all. You know I love y'all. You write me those notes and it makes me cry. In Mark 16, 15, this is after the resurrection. In fact, let's look at verse 14. Afterward, the resurrection, in other words, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief. Unbraided means chewed them out real good. <laughs> For those of you that don't know what braid means, kind of a fancy word. Uh, he upbraided them. Why? Because of unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world. See, he didn't fire them. He didn't say, okay, you're disqualified. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news, preach the gospel to every creature. We're still working on that. We hadn't, we hadn't done it yet. There's still people out there that haven't heard. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. And these signs shall follow them that are very special and holy, who have a long title after their name with many alphabet letters. No, these signs shall follow them that believe. Everybody shout, that's me. That's me. In my name, that is in the name of Jesus, shall they cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming, everybody shout confirming, confirming, 
confirming the word with signs following, amen. Amen. Now, the word confirm there, I looked it up in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, and uh, it means, among many things, it means to give new assurance of truth or certainty. To give new assurance of truth or certainty. So the signs that follow them that believe is to give new assurance and certainty to the gospel that is being preached. You know, God doesn't expect the unbeliever just to have blind faith and to believe something just because you say it. He comes along beside you when you speak and you proclaim the word of God and he confirms that he adds assurances. And what are those assurances? Well, it tells you right there in the, in the verses. One assurance is that demons are cast out. One assurance is that, that uh, we have power over the devil. You know, it doesn't mean we're going to take up serpents and handle them. It means that we're going to, uh, it, it basically it means the same thing. They tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. It means you have power over the enemy to preach the gospel, to, do, to obey God. The devil can't stop you. Speaking in tongues is right there. We ought to speak in tongues. Ought to not be afraid of speaking in tongues. And, uh, and, and if we drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt us. And then finally, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Signs confirming the word. Signs giving new assurance of truth or certainty to the gospel. And so we've been preaching the gospel, haven't we, for a whole month. This is the, this is the month, fourth, fourth session. And I believe tonight he is going to add his assurances of what I've been speaking by granting as I lay hands on the sick, healing is going to be introduced to those of you that need healing. Brother Hagin was arguing with the Lord one time. He had a man with arthritis in the spine come up. Hadn't been able to bend over in years. He was walk, you know, had difficulty walking. He couldn't, you know, he was stiff. And kind of reminds you of the woman, you know, that was bowed over. He wasn't bowed over. He was straight up like this and couldn't bow it over, you know. Stiff as a board. And uh, he had laid hands on people. And they were all getting healed. And he got to this man and. And, uh, you know, he laid hands on him. And <clears throat> it just didn't feel like the man received it. He, could, he just didn't feel the power of God go out of his hands like he normally did. And so he said, uh, okay, sir, see if you can bend over and tip, uh, touch your toes. Well, he couldn't. So he prayed for him again. See if you can bend over, touch your toes. He couldn't. Well, <clears throat> Prayed for him the third time. He thought to himself, man, three times ought to be enough for anybody. Prayed for the blind. Jesus prayed for the blind man twice. Remember that? So third time. And he said, see if you can bend over. Perhaps you couldn't. So he said, well, okay. And he went on. And uh, the Lord rebuked him. The Lord rebuked Brother Hagin in the middle of the prayer meeting. And said, well, you, you flunked that one. Call him back up here. Well, Lord, he, he, healing didn't come. He said, yeah, healing came. And he said, well, Lord, he couldn't, bend, he couldn't bend over and touch his toes. 
it, it didn't come. He said, I, 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 it, it came. I said, it came. Healing came. And he said, well, Lord, it didn't come. It did, he didn't bend over. He said, I said, healing came. And then he heard himself say to the man, see if. <laughs> see, believing has to be on both sides of this equation. Are, are you with me now? See, so most people, most people. Now, you know, I've been teaching you how to receive just on your own, you and the Word. How many of you know? That's what I've been teaching you because that's the highest and the best way. But it's not the only way. God has got so many ways that he can heal you, and you don't have to feel like a second-class citizen if you just need a little help to get over the hump, as they say. That's why we do lay hands on people every service, just about every service. We lay hands on people almost every service because laying on of hands is one of the doctrines of the church. And we have an obligation as Houston's Healing Center to make sure that people get healed any way that they can. They're all stuck up on certain, one certain method when God's given all these different methods. Amen. We want to open the gates and let everybody come and drink of the water of life freely. So he, he called the man back up there. <laughs> he said, I'm sorry. He said, I, 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 let, me, let me pray for you again. And so he prayed over that man. He said, bend over and, and touch your toes. <laughs> he didn't say, see if you can. He said, bend over and touch your toes. The man bent over and touched his toes, and the meeting was on. I'm telling you, boy. <laughs> well, believers have to be on both sides of this thing. I said believers have to be on both sides. I, I, I tell you, signs confirm the word. Your healing, as important as it is to you. How many of you, healing is really important to you? I'm telling you, when you're hurting, healing gets real important. When the doctor says you've only got this much time to live, healing becomes very important. Amen. When you cannot fulfill your duties and, and your, your schedule, the, the way that you're used to living, and all of a sudden something attacks you and you can't do what you've always done, I tell you, healing becomes very important. But healing is also important to the kingdom because it serves as proof that the Bible is true. Amen. Your healing is integral and is necessary for God to have your testimony in the earth right now. Amen. People are jaded. People mock us. People don't think we have anything. Because so much of the church is sick. So much of the church is demonized. It's not the way it ought to be. I'm telling you, we ought to be the freest people in the world. We ought to be the people that are just walking on air. Glory to God. Just floating from place to place. Your healing proves that God's word is true and that he's alive. And he's doing the same thing yesterday, today, and forever. Otherwise, they have every reason to doubt God doesn't want them to have blind faith. He wants to provide. And not every one of them necessarily can you get in position at the last minute to get their healing. I mean, I've laid, I don't know how many people, unbelievers I've laid hands on that didn't get anything while I was there with them. They might have gotten something later, but they didn't get anything then. But at least they heard a testimony that I'd give them. I like to tell people that Jesus is the healer. 
I don't have time to teach them, but I have time to proclaim and to speak with a certain authority. And people are not used to that. When you start talking like you know Jesus personally, man, they set up and take, you know, take notice. So now for four weeks, we have this atmosphere that's been built from the preaching of the gospel. The Bible says in Romans 1.16, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation includes healing. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek or the Gentile. So if we've been preaching the gospel for a whole month, I'm telling you, it's built up. There's been a buildup of anticipation. There is an atmosphere of faith in this house. I've noticed it. I noticed it last Wednesday night when Claire got up to, and started talking about that young man that, that's going to go to graduate school from uh, Victory Children's Home, and she got choked up. What that was was intercession. Intercession had fallen upon her, and that's why she choked up and couldn't talk because she, she was really, there was an intercession that needed to go forward, and she was asking, we need to pray for him, and then she just choked up. See, that was intercession, so I asked the group on Thursday night, see if the Holy Ghost will do that Thursday night. It might be a time of intercession that might fall on the group to do a good job of standing in the gap for that young man. He's in a country full of demons. He's got all kinds of demonic powers working against him. Are y'all with me now? So the gospel is the power of God. And so when hands are laid upon people, healing always comes. I'm going to lay hands on you tonight. I haven't done it up to now. been laying hands on people on Sunday, but I haven't been doing much of it myself. Tonight I'm going to do it. And when those hands come upon you, healing is right there. Amen. So you need to receive it. I said, you need to receive it. Well, you sound so confident. I'm just confident in the, in the Bible, what the Bible says. And I'm not saying that I'm functioning as uh, any particular ministry gift. Now, healing, the gifts of healing functions through Gladys and through me, too, on occasion. But I can't turn that off and on. It either comes or it doesn't. But I don't need that to function in what I read you tonight. Every believer has the ability to lay hands. And that's not even the anointing. That's just the life of God going into people. We have life in us. Amen. And when it, man, I tell you, when you, uh, guys, when you shake hands with people at work, be conscious that life is going into them and they, they know something different about you when you shake their hand. I said, whoa, man, I'm shaking hands with somebody. Think about it. Think about what you do when you shake hands with somebody. You're releasing something into them. You're not bringing anything back either. Amen. Because you don't know where those hands have been. All right, so. Everybody say healing always comes. I mean, the literal Greek of, of those verses is hands they shall lay, healed they shall be. Now, I know what you're thinking. So, well, you know, like Flora, she didn't get but 75%. She was 75% better. Well, that's not 100%. So, <clears throat> healing is always by degree. I heard Brother Hagin say this years ago. Healing is by degree, and, and it's based on two things. Number one, the degree of healing power administered. 
So if there's a full manifestation of healing power in the person or in the meeting, then there's going to be a full manifestation of healing power administered to that person. We hadn't gotten into the full, we hadn't even gotten into the full administration of healing power yet. I don't think it even exists yet. Because I think when the healing power of God is in the atmosphere to the full manifestation that God wants it, I think people will walk through the door and be instantly healed without anything happening. Actually, when they drive up in the parking lot and get out of the car, there was a lot of that going on in, in Azusa Street. I mean, people were healed at the train station. People had healing occur within 15 miles of Azusa Street. We hadn't gotten back to that, and that wasn't even a full manifest. Are y'all with me now? Yes. So healing is in degree, according to number one, the degree of healing power administered, and two, the degree of faith that gives action to that power. You've heard me say that faith is the switch that turns on the power of God. So if you've got a defective switch, you're going to have a, a blackout, a brownout. You, you could have a brownout. You could have a dim light, you could have a blinking light, or you could have a full, you know, when we turn that switch back there on, it, it's full power to these lights. Because that switch is a heavy duty switch. Costs a lot of money, that little switch. Because it carries a lot of amps and voltage through it. So that's your faith. Your faith, if your faith is up and the faith of the person that's administering the healing is up to a degree that's a full manifestation, and then the atmosphere is a full manifestation, you can expect instant healings. That's why the Bible said recover. Because it's, it's, it's not that common to see people instantly healed. I think we've, we've gotten in, the, in, a, in a rut in the church where we just expect everything to happen right now because you go to McDonald's and get a sandwich right now, and you get mad if you've got to pull up in the line and wait for the lady to bring it out to you. Yes, and I can quit going there. Forget it. No, I'm just joking. I want my sandwich, and I want it right now. Everybody say mutual faith. Mutual faith. See, it has, to do with, it has to do with all of us. It has to do with this atmosphere. We're all part of it. Are you with me now? Y'all ready? All right, let's just stand back up. Praise God.